0: Welcome to the Karis Christian Center podcast. I, um, tonight is actually a relatively simple message, the points I'll be making, um, but I, as I kind of thought about this, I, I think just a lot of people miss these, even, even some of the super-duper type people kind of miss some of these main points I want to make tonight. Um, but I, I, my message tonight is called Seek Ye First, and I want to talk about how to seek God first and what happens when you seek God first? And Tanya's laughing because I, I actually owe her an article on this very subject. <laughs> so on our, on our website, we have teaching articles we started putting up. And um, um, someone who's helping us with, with our website, he's actually a, a, a really brilliant um, person on, on how to like, get your websites more visible. But he, he goes he, he's uh, friends with Max Cornell in Kansas City. And um, Pastor Max got us in touch with him. He does it on a very high professional level. But... But um, our, our, maybe, like, a year ago, if you, if you searched just churches in Carter Springs, like, our church wouldn't even come up on the list. We were, like, so far down. It was, it was pretty bad. And uh, we want people to know about our church. And uh, I, I'm always really touched when I, I, like, see something on Facebook, like, people are saying, hey, where's a good church in Carter Springs? And I, I, I love it when people mention our church. I want to, like, say, come to our church. It's the best one, but... but uh, I don't know. Maybe I'll start doing that. But I'm always really touched when I see people mention our church and um, just um, why why they think it's a good church. But um, um, he, um, the, this we're we're putting up articles of, of like uh, questions that people often ask. You that you know, um, people understand how the internet and Google and these things work can actually tell how many how many hundreds or thousands of times something is searched. And. Um, um, this is actually something that a lot of people search for, is how do you, how do you seek God? And why is it important to seek God? And um, it, it seems, to me, it seems somewhat simple, but as I've thought about it, I've, I've known a lot of people who, who maybe feel they're super spiritual, super prophetic, super mature, but they're, they're missing a lot of the basic things. And I want to talk about um, seeking him first, seeking ye first the kingdom of God, what hap- how to do this and what happens when you put God first. So I have, I have four main points. And um, these were just really instilled into me at a young age, into you know, my brothers at a young age. I'm instilling it into my children. It's very, uh, a big deal with our family and what we do. But I want to talk about um, these four things. So the first one is seek Jesus above all else. I love that last song, give me Jesus. You can have all the world, but give me Jesus. And as the world keeps going the way the world is going, man, that is so true. You can have all the world, but give me Jesus. I was talking to Hannah right before service who was singing that song, and she had, I think she was able to get out of playing piano because she had a lot of classes today. Um, She's going to school for nursing, and um, she was telling me just one class is just completely bonkers. And, and just today, the, the, the professor made everyone go around and say their preferred pronouns. And... Um, I I said you can do one or two things. You can, you know, you can speak truth into the situation, or you can be like David was when he was seeking refuge in the Philistine territory. Just pretend that you're crazy and say my pronouns are zizai zuzaza, and uh, (laughs) just, just, you know, be be a one-upper. And sometimes that approach can um, have some effect. Um, Hannah doesn't. I, I I've pretended to be crazy a couple times, but uh, <laughs> in some areas, I'm just crazy, just, and, and uh, anyways, but you can have all this rule, but give me Jesus, man, these, and, and, and we need to be seeking him above all else, so seek Jesus above all else, turn to Matthew six thirty-one. I want to read here in Matthew six thirty-one for a few verses, Jesus says, therefore, do not worry, that's a great statement right there. And that's, that's always a great word for all of us all the time. Therefore, do not worry, saying, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? And these are just examples. There are other things that people worry about that Jesus probably doesn't really want you to worry about. And a lot of times when, when, I've, when I've been just really stressed about something, very worried about something, Jesus has just spoken to me and said, don't worry about it. And uh, that, that could be a word for someone tonight. He says, for after all these things the Gentiles seek... So, so he's saying that they're, they're really seeking, they're really driven, they're really motivated by, by fear, by worry. That's how the world is motivated, that's how the world tries to manipulate people with fear, with worry, and um, Jesus is saying that shouldn't even be a part of who you are. When you have me, when you seek me first, when you put me first, man, you're on a, a completely different playing field. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. What, what things is he going to add to you? What things is he, is he going to take care of? All these things. I remember when I first moved here um, almost eight years ago. I, um, I, I thought you know coming out of a very you know secular environment, I just thought you know. You know, I was in my upper 20s. I thought I'd just find, you know, the one, you know, just right away. And um, it, it didn't happen right away. I was a little stressed. My dad was like, you need to get married. I need to have grandkids. And, and, uh, and now I'm like, I got grandkids. Take them, please. You know, watch them for me. And y- you wanted these little critters. And, um, uh, and, um, for a few years, I was very stressed about it, but then I, I just gave it all to Jesus. I said, I'm not going to worry about this. I'm not going to fret about this. I'm just going to put this ball in your court, Jesus. And, and that was one of those things that was added to me. He who finds a wife finds a good thing. So whatever good thing it is that you need, God knows about it. And just, just keep seeking Jesus above all else, and he's going to take care of those things. And oftentimes, when you, when you really trust him and enter that place of rest... There, there, there remains a promise of rest for us. Whatever it has just been weighing on you, there is a promise of rest for that, a promise of, hey, I'm not going to let this, you know, control me. I'm not going to just be depressed about this. I'm not going to be worried about this. I'm going to tr- entrust it to Jesus. Amen? All these things shall be added to you. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own thing. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. And um, I want to talk about just seeking first the kingdom of God and really uh, just how, how much Jesus needs to be at the center of it all. You know, the kingdom of God, who is Jesus in this kingdom? Jesus would always be talking about the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven. He'd be teaching all the time these parables about what the kingdom of heaven is like. And we are all part of this kingdom, but we need to realize who is Jesus in this kingdom, Man, he is the center of it all. He is the King. He is our eternal King of this kingdom. I love um, what Revelation 5:13 says. And this is just a beautiful picture of who Jesus is in this kingdom, at the center of it all. Revelation 5.13 says, Every creature which is in heaven and on the earth and under the earth, and such as are in the sea and all that are in them, I heard saying, blessing and honor and glory and power be to him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb forever and ever. Man, Jesus is the center of it all. He is the eternal king. He, is, he has the ultimate authority. He is over everything, every created thing. It doesn't matter if it's spiritual, if it's physical, what type of living thing it is. He is over it all, amen? He's at the center of, of, of everything. Um, I love what Paul writes in Colossians 1. You can turn here to Colossians 1. I actually want to read a, a fairly large chunk of scripture here in Colossians 1 just because it's so powerful, um, Colossians 1, verse 15 through 22. Uh, man, just, uh, I, I love reading Colossians when you want to just really just think about who Jesus is that he, and, and just the, the prevalence he should have in our life, in the church, and in, in, in our worship, you know, um, man, a, a few years ago, I, I was asked to oversee the worship ministry here at church. I love that we have so many great, you know, worship leaders, so many great singers and instrumentalists, and, um uh, man, just Jesus needs to be at the center of everything. You know, I always find it funny when people ask, you know, for a church recommendation, and the things they're asking for, like, you know, what's the music like? Or do they have a group for this? Or do they have a young adult thing? Or this or whatever? And, and they're asking the wrong questions. Colossians 1 15 through 22. It says he is the image of the invisible God. He is the express image. He is the exact picture of, of the invisible God, of our heavenly father, the firstborn over all creation. For by him all things were created that are in heaven and that are on the earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, All things were created through him and for him, and he is before all things, and in him all things consist. He is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn. I love that, the firstborn from the dead. He's not the only one that's going to be raised up out of his grave. Amen? He's the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he may have the preeminence, For it pleased the Father that in him all the fullness should dwell, and by him to reconcile all things to himself. By him, whether things on earth or things in heaven, having made peace through the blood of his cross. And you who were once alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now he is reconciled in the body of his flesh through death to present you holy and blameless and above reproach in his sight. Man, I just love... Paul's revelation here of who Jesus is, what he did for us, and how that affects us. What Jesus did affects who we are in this kingdom now. He is the head over this kingdom. He is the eternal king of this kingdom. Amen. And he's not, you can't, we don't have to worry about what happens in whatever primary, what people think, or whatever, what the news say. And I just find it funny. I, I um, at the start of the new year, I deleted... Um, you know, social media apps off my phone, so now, every now and then, if I just have the urge to look at my phone, I'll, I'll look at, you know, the the news articles that are posted, and like, half of them are always about Trump. I man, these people really can't get over Trump. It's like CNN, and all, it's just, everything's about him all the time, and um and um, it's just just really interesting how people are just falling apart all the time about whatever, and uh, man, I, Jesus needs to be at the center of of our, of, of what we're thinking about, and, and he, he can't get voted off. <laughs> you know, it doesn't really matter what your truth is. You know, I, I was watching something, and it was just hilarious, because, uh, like, people are talking about their truth, and I just thought that statement is just so ludicrous. It's like the preferred pronoun thing. It's just insane. There isn't your truth, and, and it, it like, there is the truth. That's why it's called Truth. You can't can't just change the English language. You can't change biology. You can't change science. You can't change reality. Seek him of all. And, And who are we in this kingdom? You know, we get to be a part of this kingdom. I mean, that's why Jesus taught so much about the kingdom of heaven, because he wanted people to realize that he is the king, but we also have a very important role in that kingdom. Amen? Uh, I love what Paul writes in 2 Corinthians 5, 20 and 21. We then are ambassadors for Christ. As though God were pleading through us. So God actually ministers through us. He pleads through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. So our ministry is a ministry of reconciliation. For he made him who knew no sin to be sin. For us that we might become the righteousness of God in Him. In His kingdom, we're ambassadors, and we're actually the righteousness of God in Jesus Christ. We are no longer sinners. That is not who we are. We're saints, amen? We're ambassadors. We are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And I love that Jesus said in Matthew 6 that we're to um, seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. A lot of people lose sight of His righteousness, How do we seek the righteousness of God? We can only find righteousness through the person of Jesus. He is. He is that, like he's the express image of the the Father. He is the express image of what true righteousness is. There's no other way to be right before God. It's only through faith in Jesus. Jesus is that very righteousness of God. I love what Jeremiah the prophet said in Jeremiah 23, verse 5 and 6. He said, Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord. This is one of my favorite passages of of, of Scripture Um, because because this is clearly a prophecy about Jesus, a prophecy about the Messiah, but it has a really interesting name for the Messiah. And it's not just that he would be a teacher, not that just he would be a Savior, that there's something very special about this messianic prophecy. So behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, all caps. If you have an English Bible that, that is has a, it's, it's of a decent translation. It would say, Lord, all caps there, because that, that is um, the, the most holy name of God. yud he, vav he, yahweh jehovah So, behold, the days are coming, says the Lord. It says that I will raise to David a branch of righteousness. So, this is clearly speaking about the Messiah. I will raise to David a branch of righteousness. A king shall reign and prosper and execute judgment and righteousness in the earth. In his days, Judah will be saved, and Israel will dwell safely. Now this is his name. Whose name? The Messiah's name. This this descendant of David, this branch from David. This is his name by which he will be called. Who, Who is this Messiah? He is... The eternal king. He is the eternal Lord. Lord, all caps. Yahweh, Jehovah, the Lord, our righteousness. Jehovah, Sid Canoe. Amen? Such, such a powerful... Man, this, 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 these two verses just... Man, the, the Messiah has, is Lord. It, it, some of you, it seems like a common thing, but this is not a common thing. This is not a common prophecy. This is a really big deal in Scripture, that Jesus is the righteousness of God because he is God himself. Um, how can we um, seek him first? S- um, we seek Jesus first. Spend time in the presence of Jesus. I want to give you some, some practical ways to really put Jesus First to seek Jesus above all else. Spend time in the presence of Jesus on a consistent basis. I'm I'm teaching you the the four things that you need to do to to really put God first and what's going to happen. Prioritize your relationship with Jesus. Spend time in his presence. Spend time in prayer. I was thinking about Jesus being the express image of the Father. Jesus himself spent a lot of time in the presence of God. He prioritized it. That, that he had pressures. He had people wanting to see him. He had multitudes flocking him at times. But sometimes he would just separate himself and spend 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 time in that secret place. Spend time, and he did it so much that it was noticeable to people. You know, I, I, like Jesus prioritized this. That I'm not. I'm not saying like like prayer. It's not just saying a rote thing. Prayer, it, to me, is spending time in the presence of God, spending time communing with God in that secret place. Amen? That's what I'm talking about, about prayer. I'm not just talking about saying, just, just a, doing a rote thing for five or ten minutes. Um, you know, and and uh, I was just thinking, just, just reading through the Gospels about, about things that the disciples noticed and the things that the disciples wanted to, to learn about from Jesus. You know, and uh, they, they, man, just to be with Jesus during, during his three years of ministry here in this earth must have been incredible. The, the things they saw, but, but, but the things they asked him just really revealed to me the things that really struck them. You know, the disciples could have asked Jesus to teach them how to do a lot of things. Like, if I was one of the disciples, I'd say, hey, Jesus, teach me how to turn water into wine. That was really cool. How do you do that? I could I can make some money off of this. Like, that was the best wine ever. I could be an insta-millionaire. But they didn't ask him how to turn water into wine. They could have asked him, you know, teach us how to multiply five loaves and two fish into a meal that feeds thousands. That's really cool. You know, Chick-fil-A is onto something. They're about there. <laughs> they, didn't ask him how to do, they didn't ask him how to walk on water. Peter tried. He could have said, well, teach me a little more. I, I, I was close. But, but they asked him this. J- Jesus, teach us how to pray. Because there's something different about how you pray. Like, you're actually in the presence of God. And they figured it out. Jesus, I believe, taught them that. You know, in Acts 4.13, it said, um, When people saw the boldness of Peter and John, they perceived that they were uneducated and untrained men, and they marveled, and they realized that they had been with Jesus. Man, prioritize your, your time with Jesus. Spend time in the presence of Jesus. And I love that they, they saw the boldness, things that they saw with, with the early church, early church leaders. They, they knew that they had been with Jesus, and they also recognized their boldness. I'm glad that this church, we, we tend to be on the bold side of things. Man, life's too short just to eat vanilla all the time. Too much of the modern American church is just satisfied just with vanilla, vanilla, vanilla all the time. Throw, throw some sprinkles in. Throw in some, a few nuts from time to time. Whatever, you know, we, there's, be bold. Be amen? And I remember, um, and I, I was just kind of looking back on my life, especially when I was 18 and moved out and was on my own. Um, the, the things that my, my parents taught me and my brothers and the things that we instilled in our own life Early on, I I had to make it a point to spend time with Jesus. I remember when I was a freshman in college at Carnegie Mellon in Pittsburgh, um, I, I was about the only Christian I knew on campus. But I I had I had to to really put Jesus first to spend time with Him, and for me, you know, I, just early on, I was really struggling. I was I was dealing with a lot emotionally, wanting to quit, wanting to give up, wanting to. Just thinking I just completely messed up, had a lot of worry, a lot of worry about tomorrow, worry about today, worry about everything going on. And my dad just told me, hey, for 30 minutes a day for a while, I'll just pray in tongues. And what I did, um, th- there weren't a lot of places for me to, to pray at that campus. There was a, a Muslim prayer room and like a tiny little chapel that, you know, the atheist club had taken over and whatever so I, I i somehow got a key to like the 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 basement of this of the old the, the college of fine arts building it was one of the first buildings built there by andrew carnegie and, and there's these old um, steam tunnels down there that's how they used to heat all these buildings over 100 years ago with with steam but but down in the steam tunnel somehow i got a key down there and i go down to the steam tunnels and i'll just spend time Praying and and praying in tongues, praying in English. I just spend time in the presence of Jesus, and I did that for 30 minutes a day. And, and over the course of, few, of of a few weeks, it just changed my life drastically. If some of you are dealing with a lot of a lot of fear, a lot of anxiety, a lot of worries, man, pray. And if you don't have that gift of praying in tongues, you can receive it tonight after church. Man, that's a great place to start. I don't. It's hard. For me to, to find English, you know, to speak and pray about for thirty minutes, but if you can pray in tongues and flow, but you know, pray with your understanding, pray without it, sing with your understanding, sing in the spirit, um, man, man, you can you can really spend time with Jesus. Um, at, at night, um, I, I would I'd um, go go to this um, golf course that was behind the dorms. It was the Shenley Golf Course, and I'll just go walk around there and pray and worship Jesus and. And, um, man, that, that, is, that is the first thing you need to do is, is just see, spend time with Jesus. Amen? How do you seek him first? What does it look like to prioritize God? Spend time in his presence. Amen? Second point, how to seek him first and, and how to do this and what happens when you put God first. Point number two is really treasure the word of God. It, it has to be a complete treasure to you. If you. And if you love Jesus, you're going to love the word of God. You know, some people might say they love Jesus, but, but I'm just going to kind of pick and choose Scripture. I don't really, you know, I don't really care if the, church pre- if the preacher preaches Scripture or they have doctrine from Scripture or whatever. I don't really care. You don't, don't let the Bible get in the way of what you believe. You don't really love Jesus. If you love Jesus, you're going to love the Word of God. I love what the psalmist said in Psalm 119, verse 162. I rejoice at your word as one who finds great treasure. I know that there, there have been people who've, who've come here for the first time. One, one, of the, one of the common things that I hear from people who, who, who come here and really feel called to be a part of this church, they just love that we preach the word of God. They love that there's a preacher up here holding his Bible and he just preaches the word of God and everything is just founded upon the word of God. And uh, man, I, I just love, love that that, that that psalm, I rejoice at your word as one who finds great treasure. And I was just thinking about this. If I told you there were billions of dollars worth of gold just buried in this field, right behind the church right here. And I was telling you the truth. Some of you know I, I pretend to be crazy sometimes. You don't... But if you really believe that, I was telling you, you jump up right now, you grab, you, you probably wouldn't even go home to get a shovel. You just go out there and just with your hands and you just start digging like a dog, just trying to find some of this gold. And I guarantee if you approach the word of God like that, that it's treasure and you can rejoice over it and you just start somewhere. You might not even know what you're looking for, where you're looking, but if if you start digging, you're going to find gold. And if you were out here digging and found gold, you would keep coming back You would keep digging. You would keep coming back. You wouldn't just stop. Amen? Especially with gold being $1,600 an ounce. Like, it's probably better pay than what most of y'all make. If you can dig and find. You would keep coming back. You know, with the Word of God, you need to keep coming back to it. There there is treasure there. There is gold there. Keep digging. There is, and keep rejoicing over it. We need to be an avid student of the Word of God. Amen? I was thinking about this um, professor, I knew at Rice University. He he was a very, very um, prominent Christian. He he still is. His name is Dr. James Tour. Um, he he's a um, I believe he's Baptist, but, but he he was a very very strong believer and um, um, just just a huge light on that campus there. And um, uh, he, he's one of the top scientists in the world. He he's won like some of the top awards that any scientist could possibly win, and. Like he even puts scriptures on his tests. He gives to students. He brings in um, um, famous apologists. He's brought in like John Lennox, who's a great apologist, uh, a mathematician from Oxford University. They, they've actually traveled together and held lectures together. But um, he, I, I've, I've heard him speak and, and and teach from the Word several times. But he said, and he he just loves his field of study. He's a nanochemist and um, uh, a nano-organic chemist. I Don't even know what that means. It's way. Out, out of my, um, out of my field of expertise, but um, um, he, he said that it, the the thing he loves studying more than all of that stuff is studying the Word of God, and, and um, just he does. And from his teaching, I you know I don't always see eye to eye with everything that he sees, but I just love that he has such a passion for Scripture. And if someone is just an avid student of the Word of God, and I can tell when someone has spent time with Jesus, uh, I, I, can, I can learn things, I can receive things. I might not agree with everything else, you know, but but there's so much there to, 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 to receive and to appreciate. And, um, um, and just being an avid, avid student of the Word of God, I remember when I, when I went to college, I made it a point to read my Bible every day, and, and some of my friends who weren't believers found out that I, read the Bible every day, and they just like, like thought I was just like from the, a different planet or something. You're an alien. And I'm like, no, you're the one who's an alien. You're alienated. I'm, you yeah, know, this is, this, is this is my language here. This is my home. This is, this is my life. This is my sustenance. I don't know what, what sustains you, but, but I, I guarantee this, this is true sustenance here. Read the Bible on a consistent basis. And, uh, be listening to preachers that bring you insight and revelation and also inspire you to want to keep digging. Amen? I, I'd rather have people leave here saying, man, I just love the Word of God. I want to I, I go read the Word. I want to dive into it. I want to I grow closer to you. I would rather have you fall in love with the Word of God, fall in love with Jesus, than fall in love with Aaron Purdue. I get all the love I need from Pastor Heather. I'm loved. You don't have to love me. You don't have to like me. You don't. Does that make sense? We have too many like personality. We, we you know, people go to a lot of ministries for their personality, or or, or to churches for the, the 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 personality of the church, or whatever. But that that's a very shallow reason. And, and you know, sometimes I listen to people that I might not necessarily like their personality. like everything they have to say. Sometimes I might think they 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 mumble a little too much, like I I listen to like one minister, he preaches like two hour long messages, and I'll listen through them, and, 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 uh, but I always listen to you, because just in that two hours, which I think is mostly a little mumbly, and whatever, there's always two or three things that just like, it's pure gold, it's like, I I just had this, the shovel, and just found this, something that, there's just pure revelation in me, and, and it, it sustains me, Amen? So we need to be looking for those things. Amen? And uh, just, just in terms of, of prioritizing the Word of God, you have to come to the point where you believe the Bible above all else. If the Bible says it, that settles it. And when you, when you come to that point and when you grow in that, when you grow in your faith and your trust and your love, your relationship with the Word of God, the Word of God is actually a living thing. It's spirit. It's life. You can actually have a relationship with the Word. Man, when, when you grow in your relationship with God, when you see things that, that contradict it, it's just, I don't want a relationship with that. You know, yucky, as my daughter Ada says with things she doesn't want to eat. Amen? The Word of God, it is truth. It gives us guidance wisdom, revelation, and whenever you sense darkness, there, there is a lot of darkness out there. The world's gonna get darker and darker. Whenever you're feeling pressure from the world, maybe it's from your own emotions, from difficult circumstances, turn on the light of the word. Just turn it on. I and mean, There have been so many times when I, when I was just dealing with something or trying to make a, a, an important decision, and I would just go to the word of God. And I would ask God to speak to me, and he would guide me, and, and I'd just find treasure and light, and, and it's just, just so so clear to me. And uh, you have to do it consistently. I find it so alarming how, how, how quick churches, how quick people, how quick believers just get away from the Word of God, get away from that light. And, 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 and as dark as, as things can be, you need the light, and you need to turn it on on a consistent basis. Amen? I love, we, we have a kind of a large house, and I love to light it up at night. Heather thinks it's funny because I go around lighting up all these rooms that we're not going to go into, but I just love how it looks with the light on. You might not feel like you need the light turned on, but you're going to like how things look in your life with the light turned on on a daily basis. Amen? Psalm one nineteen, one oh five, Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Keep turning the light on. So I'm going to turn this into an article tomorrow. I'm going to write it tomorrow. Miss Tanya is very happy. I'm past my due date. I'd be in trouble if I was still in school. Seeking him first. What happens when you put God first? How do you do it? Spend time with Jesus. Treasure the word of God. Number three, prioritize the local church. Prioritize the local church. Um, I told this um, quote to Fisher not too long ago, and he thinks it's hilarious. And it's, it's an old, like, English quote and I told, told him this, and he asked what it means, and we've talked about what it means, I told him, Fisher, manners maketh man. I love that it's kind of King James-ish. <laughs> manners maketh man. Being connected to a good, healthy local church is part of, of having good Christian manner. A lot of people have poor manners, just in many levels. But I want to talk about, about, about this. It's, it's an important manner. Hebrews 10.25 Go ahead and turn to, to Hebrews 10.25. And if you like to underline certain words or phrases in your Bible, this is a good one to underline. I know this is like Wednesday night church, so you guys think this is very obvious, but I, I, as I was like trying to make a very obvious, simple thing that, people can, that, that will really help people, I was realizing like, there have been a lot of people I've known in my years who, who are missing one of these four things. And it's holding them back. It really is. Hebrews 10.25, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. This is talking about, about a church, about the ecclesia. And um, I'm very thankful for, for, for my, my dad who taught me the importance of, of going to a local church and who believes in the importance of a local church. And even when the the, the state has said that the church isn't really important, just stay shut down, just whatever, we're just going to put the church in limbo in purgatory till. Till our insane, you know, governor decides with his edict that we can have church again. And man, man, a, a few years ago really revealed a lot about local churches and ministers and where they, and, and uh, we, should, we should be very, I'm very thankful for, for, for the men of God who, who took a stand and said, you know, we're going we're gonna to stay open. This is important. And what we do is important. And we're not, we're not backing down from this. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as is the manner. I like that word, manner. As you raise children, and uh, I'm learning, you know, being married to a southern woman, I've learned I need to work on my manners as well. But manner, manners maketh man, as is the manner of some. But exhorting one another, It's, it's important for us to come together and build each other up. Exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. Do you see the day approaching? There are signs out there that the day is approaching. We're actually getting closer to Christ's return. And as we get closer to his return, does that mean our assembling should decay? No, it should actually increase. And and this is actually something that was instilled to me as as, as a child, and and both my brothers as well. And I saw it as as they grew up. They went off to college. They you know, got jobs, they got married. This has this really stuck with them. We were really taught the importance of worshiping God and the value of the local church. You know, I knew that on Sunday mornings, we, we went to church, we honored God, we sang praises, we, we, we worshiped Jesus, amen? Our, our worship should, should be focused on Jesus. Uh, and a, a, lot of, a lot of Christian music really isn't worship because what's at the center of it? Is Jesus at the center? And really, uh, something my dad taught me early on is so good about, about the, the priorities of a church. And the, the first one there, there are the three E's. The first one is to exalt Jesus. The second one is to equip the saints. And the third one is to evangelize. And if, if you're doing those things in that order, the, 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 the natural flow will be to an outpouring to, to share the good news and to evangelize it. Does that make sense? But we're, we're, we come together, first of all, to exalt Jesus. I love that tonight we were just exalting Jesus. Amen. And then, and then people sometimes, you know, like, like discipleship is kind of a buzzword in, in Christian circles. But, but discipleship, it, you shouldn't even have to say, hey, this is discipleship. Like, like what well, you guys, church should be discipleship. You should be being equipped. Does that make sense? You shouldn't have to go to church and, and feel like, well, 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 where do I hear teaching on the Holy Spirit? Where do I hear teaching on, does that make sense? Like discipleship should be a part of everything that we do. The church is discipleship. Amen? It's Jesus' system for discipleship. You know, we come together, we worship Jesus, we hear a message from the Bible, we pray together. I love that we pray together. And we have times where we can have individual prayer, but there's something powerful about praying together as a corporate body, as a community of believers. And I, I just knew how important it was. I, even, even when I was 10 years old, in Kit Carson, Colorado, a town of 300 people, I remember um, someone, a friend of mine, um, his family invited me to go to a Rockies game. And I, I like really wanted to go to a Rockies game. There's like nothing to do in Kit Carson. Um, it's, it's like right on, the, if you're a flat earther, that's, like, that's where the flat earth is, right there. You can see, you can see off into outer space. There's like literally nothing. I think if you go a little further, maybe Western Kansas is there, I don't know. But that it's close to the edge as well. But I was invited to ride, and I was like so excited because i never I, I never do anything like that. That would have been like the coolest thing in the world to me. But it turned out like it, it was gonna be on a Sunday at one o'clock, it was a three-hour drive, I'd have to miss church. And my parents just they said, Hey, it's up to you, Aaron, little ten-year-old Aaron, and then just my sweet little red-headed, 10-year-old heart, I, I, I thought about it, I prayed about it, and, and I just said, you know what, I'm, I'm going to go to church Sunday morning. And um, and um, yeah. As, as I got older, that, that, that same just heart and, and prioritizing church was still there when I went to, to school in Pittsburgh at 18. It was hard for me to find a church at first. I, I looked around, I, I tried a few out, and it was very hard, and I finally found a church it was a little distance outside of town. It took me an hour and a half to get there. I had to take two buses to get there. And uh, just right when I walked through the door, I just started crying because I just felt God tell me, this is, this is where you're going to be planted. This is it. And I already known, like from their website, that you know, that I, I, they'd answered my first questions which weren't, you know, do you have a, a golf club or do you have a young adult's band or do you have, it was that they, they believed in the word of God. They believed in the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And that, that was basically the only two questions I had. And, and if, I, if I go on vacation and I can try out a church on a Sunday, that's usually the two things that are most important to me when I look at a church. And, and to some extent, if they have some form of child, something. Because it's nice to have a break from your kids. Well, on, on occasion. Especially when you have like a toddler who can't sit through those two-hour sermons or whatever, you know. Well, man, just, just as, I, as I look back just on, on, on my life and just seeing where I'm at today and, and just what God's done, it's, it's from these four things. And so, so many good things that have happened to me in my life can be traced to these things. Spending time with Jesus, just saying if God says it, that settles it. If the Bible says it, that settles it. From, from prioritizing, going to church, And and not 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 coming to church with a consumeristic mentality. Man, man, so many people just have a consumeristic mentality versus a contributor mentality. And and as you read the Bible and Paul talks about the church and all his letters to the church, it's it's never about, hey, what's in it for you? And and you know, what what does the band sound like? And this is you know, hey, Timothy, you gotta have a band that does this, and you gotta have you know, it's like we're all we're all part of a body and we all we all exhort each other, we all have something to, to contribute. Amen. You know, Paul wasn't asking for you know checking people's Google reviews and hey, you know, Titus, your Google reviews aren't that good. You need to Man, just, just so so pathetic people's mentality about church. We, we need to have a contributor mentality, not a consumeristic mentality. It's not a what's in it for me, or it should be how, how can I be a blessing here? Amen? And it's not just about trying to find the perfect church. Some people, I can tell from these questions, this, this is my idea of a perfect church. Where is the, the best church, the most perfect church of... And, and, and if, if that's your mentality, the moment you walk through the door, you've imperfected the church. You've ruined it. Important questions to ask when considering joining a church. Does the preacher preach the word? Do they believe in the baptism of the Holy Spirit? And as, as, you, as you connect there, are there strong people of faith there? Now, at some point, you might need someone to come and pray the prayer of faith for you. Man, just this Sunday, this, this, this couple came up for prayer. Um... um just, just so, so sweet. This, this man, he, he's been here eight months. My, my dad mentioned him. He, he's been delivered from alcoholism, delivered from drug addiction, from, from, from marijuana. Um, some people in Colorado don't consider that to be a drug. <laughs> but, but just, he, just since coming to this church, God's just revolutionized, revolutionized his life, and he's was volunteering at the church, and and just I actually stepped out of, outside of my office. And just, just he saw me, and it was like, I felt like I was like John Elway walking out of there. He thought, like, <laughs> as he gets to know me, he won't think I'm such a celebrity anymore. <laughs> but, but him and, him and his, his sweet wife came up for prayer. And um, they just, they had a, a nephew that was just born a couple of days before that, that um, had a blood clot they thought was going to die. And um, this sweet couple just, they just believe Jesus. They just believe the Bible. They just, and I, I in my emotions, I, I didn't know what to do, but I, I know how to pray the prayer of faith and how to command life and how to intercede with the Holy Spirit. Intercessory prayer is connecting with the intercessor. Amen. And, and I, I felt that we were just, inter- we were connecting with the Holy Spirit, interceding for this baby, and, and I ran into him again. Actually came and knocked on my door. This morning, and said, you know, the 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 baby woke up. They're, they're, you know they're able to give him a blood transfusion, and, and it's just the thing is turned around. And uh, man, just the prayer of faith. If there's any sick among you, let him call for the elders of the church. Let them pray over them, anoint them with oil, lay hands on them. They will. Rec- we need the local church. Are there some strong people of faith there? Also, is there an understanding and an emphasis on grace there? Grace wins every time. Amen? How do you grow and mature as a believer? If you're connected to a good local church, you will grow. It's God's vehicle for discipleship. Um, Last point tonight, and I'm actually going to tie this into the offering message. I said I'm going to give you four things, right, on how to put God first, how to seek him first, how to do it, and what what it does in your life. And the local, I, I love the local church. I, I, I love, I love the local church, and um, I, I, love, I especially love this church. And I think it's the best church. And uh, you know, if I were voting in a in a booth, I'd, I'd, you know, I'd vote for myself. I'd vote for our church, and have no qualms about it. And so, so many good things in my life can be traced to this church and to my. People, all of you here, that I love all these people here. There's so many good things happen at the local church. Um, Fourth point, be faithful in giving. Putting God first by giving. I love um, what Malachi 3, verse 10 and 11 says, bring all the tithes into the storehouse that there may be food in my house and try me now in this. I love that God says to try me now in this. Man, if God says, I dare you to do something, with my 10 year old son we like to, to do truth or dare and, um, and we like to dare each other to do things and, and, and I've learned that, that um, the, the greatest dare is a dog, double dog dare you don't want to back down from a double dog dare I'm going to I need to turn here myself try me now in this I love what God says what he's going to do. If I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it. And I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes, that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground, nor shall the vine fail to bear fruit for you in the field, says the Lord of hosts. And all nations will call you blessed, for you will be a delightful land, says the Lord of hosts. And I love I love that the, the, the name for God here is the Lord of hosts, the Jehovah Yahweh of angel armies. Man when you when you give, when you tithe, you, you activate angelic armies. And and, and angels scripturally they, they, they have different um, purposes. They they they're actually sent as ministering saints to, to, to minister to us. But the angels um, provide um, um, protection and also provision. And as I, I study about angels through scripture, you, you see angels protecting, uh, angels um, pr- you know, also relaying messages, but angels providing as well. And, and oftentimes when there's miracle pr- pr- provision, there's angels involved. Now there, there, there is a blessing on the tithe. And I'm so glad that my dad um, taught me at an early age what what the tithe was. It's giving a tenth, and you give to um, where you're fed, where there's food. And you should be getting food from a local church, right? Um, But I I love the tithe because it it implies a partnership. That percentage implies a partnership. You know, if you're going to invest in a company or start a company with someone, you get a percentage of that company. And if you have a, a percentage of an ownership of something... Like if you own stock in Apple or stock in, in whatever, like you, you want that company to do well, right? Because you're a part owner, and if, if they do well, then you do well. When you when you're tithing, you, you're 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 forming a partnership with God. Does that make sense? And um, you know the tithe. Um, actually, Heather just the other day, uh, she listens to a lot of teaching when she's in the the bathroom getting ready in the mornings, but she was listening to, to Andrew Womack's current teaching, and he was preaching on the tithe. And, just, just, and he just said, this is very, very basic. Every believer should tithe. If you're not doing this, you're, you're, you're kind of missing out on a basic thing here. And he, he, he was kind of funny. He's like, I can hear just all the, you know, the, the television's clicking off right now as I'm saying this. We know the tithe that's mentioned before the law it's mentioned in the law and it's mentioned after the law it's mentioned in the new testament as well and I actually I actually uh, I'm actually very touched by how it's mentioned in the law in the law in Leviticus 27 verse 30 it says and all the tithe of the land whether of the seed of the land or of the fruit of the tree it's the lord's it is holy to the lord and I just, I just think it's so, and I really see that, that it, it is holy to the Lord. When you're putting God first, when you're putting him first with your giving and saying, this is how I'm going to put you first, it's holy to the Lord. There's something special about it. Amen. And there is special, I love that in Malachi 3, we see that, that a very special blessing attached to the tithe as well. Amen. And I believe that when you devote something to God, when you establish it and purpose it in your heart, it becomes holy to the Lord. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Charis Christian Center podcast. If you would like to receive prayer, product, or more information about the ministry, go to www.karischristiancenter.com or call us at 719-418-4000.